0: Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am. But first... Let me tell you about the Meat tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at Meat M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, grubs g-r-u-b-s i'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on youtube so check it out and get some carnivore swag this is episode 16 of the carnivore stories podcast today i have with me serena music serena is a mom and teacher to four children she lives in virginia And she's also the co-host of the Carnivore Revolution show on YouTube. And you can find her on Instagram at serena.carnivore. Welcome to the show, Serena.
1: Thank you so much. We also just recently started a Facebook group. We're trying to be kind of a carnivore safe space for people where nobody talks about fruits and vegetables because that's so confusing. And a lot of the groups, people talk about those things. It can be really confusing for somebody who's new. So we're not going to allow people talking about that or giving advice like that because we really want it to be a safe space where somebody who gets triggered by things can come to this group and not leave having been triggered or feeling bad because somebody puts them down or things like that. So it's going to be a a carnivore safe space. It also was called carnivore revolution. And we hope that page grows too. We're really excited.
0: Awesome. That, that sounds wonderful. Cause it's, there's nothing worse than it says carnivore, but then it's a watermelon and it's like, what? <laughs> yes. And in some of the groups people can be kind of, you
1: know, not nice about stuff. So we're going to kind of watch the posts about that too. And the comments, like when somebody asks for help, sometimes there can be some really negative comments, like as long as you're, Eating less than you're taking in, you're going to lose weight. Otherwise, you're doing something wrong. Well, that's not always true. People, are, no, it makes people feel bad. It makes people want to quit and give up. So, so mm-hmm. we're going to kind of watch and stuff, and just try to keep it a nice, safe place. So, hopefully, that group that group will grow also.
0: Wonderful. Okay, Serena, can you start off with giving us some background about your life before and what brought you to carnivore, and when was that?
1: Okay. So I've been carnivore for almost 16 months. It'll be 16 months on the 24th. I feel like your anniversary is something you don't forget, like, because it's such a huge, strong decision. That's usually an easy date to remember for people that have been doing this for a while. So in December of 2020, I had COVID and lost my sense of taste and smell. And by March, it had started to come back, um, but it, everything was still really muted. And one day in March, I woke up and came downstairs and my husband's coffee smelled like the only thing I could describe it at the time was like a rotten skunk carcass somebody had lit on fire. It's just the most awful smell you can imagine. And it took me a few days to realize the gravity of the situation, that there were many, many things that smelled and tasted like that. And I'm talking like sometimes you don't realize it till the fork is here and it's almost too late. And then you feel like you're going to throw up because it just it smells so bad. And I'm um, so that made me only be able to eat sweet stuff for a long time for about 2 months which is a long time to basically only eat sugar i was miserable i felt miserable i was gaining weight i was crying all the time because every time i tried to eat something i thought i'm going to eat this um it it would get like here um and sometimes i would end up in bed for a whole day with you know one of those heat packs on my stomach and an essential oil diffuser like right here so i could just smell something that didn't make me want to vomit it was just really really bad so I was eating only sugar for about two months. My girls have a gluten-free baking business and they know that I love their cupcakes. So on my birthday last year, they wanted to make me cupcakes. And I said, double the recipe because that's the kind of state of mind I was in. And I ate 20 cupcakes in 36 hours. I'm an all or nothing kind of person. And um, I wanted the cupcakes and it's was the only thing I could eat. So I ate 20 of them and I woke up Monday morning and I was like, that's it, that's it. No more sugar. I have got to fix this. And so I started realizing, well, if fruits and vegetables smell rotten. If I cut out sugar and I'm already not eating fruits and vegetables, what is this? Like, can I live like this? Can I just eat meat? And that's how I found Kelly Hogan and Laura Spath and Michaela Peterson and Sean Baker. I found, you know, some really good videos to watch. I spent days, days watching videos and reading about it. Like, how is this possible? Can I really just eat like this? And it turns out I had done that about five years ago, going to a natural doctor who was trying to help me get rid of the toxins in my body and shed some weight that I had gained, maybe 10 or 15 pounds. And he had told, he wanted me on a very low carb keto diet, but because I'm an all or nothing kind of person, I tried to get the carbs as low as I could. I didn't eat. I didn't even a blueberry for eight months. I ate nothing except meat, eggs, and cheese. I didn't lose weight. Um, that was just one of the layers that I was shedding. My body just wouldn't do it. I have a strong suspicion I wasn't eating enough, though. I'm a chronic under eater, and on any plan I've ever been on, at some point during that, I realized that I'm not eating enough, and then I eat more and I lose. And so I suspect that's what was happening then but I went back to, you know, a low fat diet after that, I was actually doing Weight Watchers at the time that I ate those 20 cupcakes. I was a really, I was really strict with Weight Watchers um, until I started eating, you know, all the sugar and stuff when my taste and smell got messed up. It's called parosmia. I don't know if I said that, but it's a real thing. It happens to people going through chemotherapy. It happens to a lot of people. And in this case, what COVID does is it's, when you lose your sense of taste and smell, it separates the receptors. Um, So it confuses your senses when you lose your sense of taste and smell. And then this is like somebody took a big fiber optic wire and cut it and then put all those little wires to the wrong, to the wrong connection. And so my brain just can't remember what those things are supposed to taste and smell like. So it gives everything the same horrible, nasty, disgusting smell. So it's not as bad as it was before, but I do still have it. And so, um, so I, I dove in, I was doing all of this research, trying to figure it out. And at that point, there were only a few things that I could um, I could eat a hamburger fresh off the grill, but not after I refrigerated it. I couldn't rewarm it after that. Um, it took me a really long time, like six months to be able to eat chicken. Um, so I really, my diet was very limited there in the very beginning of this because I could eat a steak, but it had to be fresh off the grill. I could eat hamburger. So it was very limited in the beginning that I couldn't eat most cheeses. I had to leave the house sometimes when somebody would make eggs. There were lots of things, you know, that were not fun for me. So I was crying all the time, um, just trying to eat all these different things. And so once I got settled in with a routine with carnivore and dove into all those videos and getting all of that information, I realized I can do this. People do this. Um, and it was very surprising to me. And I do think that my prosemia has gotten better, um, fast. I I do think that it helped me, but there's no way to know what, would it, would I be where I was today if I hadn't done that? And there's no way to gauge that because everybody Mm -hmm. gets better, you know, at their own rate. And, um, so that's what got me into carnivore and what I realized about six or eight months in was, um, that it had freed me from the shackles and chains of a life of disordered eating and eating disorders. I was bulimic it for 20 years. Um, you know, addictive tendencies tend to run in families and my mom is an alcoholic. My dad, um, was a drug addict. And so those addictive tendencies run in families. And for me, it's food. And, um, you know, I guess at this point I'm glad it's food because, um, I am able to make a healthier switch and still have food. Whereas, you know, people who are drug addicts and alcoholics, that's a hard, they miss those things all the time. And I think once you get past the car withdrawal on this, it makes it a lot easier. And I don't know that that is the case for somebody coming from, you know, drugs or alcohol, but, um, anyway, so what i realized was that it was freeing me from probably 35 years of carb and food addiction and um i would binge and sometimes i would purge and you know when i when i was bulimic and then once i quit being bulimic when i would binge on things i would then punish myself and restrict or not eat for several days to punish myself for my bad behavior And for eating those things, I have always been trying to get off like that last five or 10 pounds. It's been a struggle my entire life to get off that last five or 10 pounds. Um, And so that had me so preoccupied by food and what I was going to eat. I tear up probably once a day thinking about how free I am compared to the way my life was before. I would take, you know, one of those little smart ones meals to Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner because I didn't want like, cause I was strict. Like when I decide something, I just, you know, kind of do it. And so I, I didn't want to eat those other foods. And so I would bring this little meal with me. I was preoccupied like that for years and, um, being a carnivore freed me from that. So, um, I, I think the carnivore diet is a huge fixer for people. And the fact that I am not so preoccupied gives me that food freedom. And I know people think that it's very restrictive. Mm-hmm felt restrictive, restricted on the carnivore diet. Even, even when I do like lion diet, where it's just like, just beef for 30 days or something, I still don't really feel restricted. I feel nourished and I feel good. And uh, my skin is better. My hair is growing thick and fast. I have to have it cut like every three or four weeks to keep it short like this. Um, and I feel like my, my skin is so much better. You know, I look at other carnivores and I look at you and you're, you're glowing. I can see it in your cheeks. Like it just, the way the light bounces off of your skin and normal people Thank you. really dull. Oh, you're welcome. Um, normal people, their skin is like dull. It's because of all, we're poisoning ourselves every day, all day. And so, um, uh, but when we came from what I thought was a healthy diet, you know, we, uh, cause we didn't eat a lot of processed foods. I mean, I did when I was doing Weight Watchers cause I ate a lot of the lower fat, low sugar, no sugar, you know, packaged snacks, just because they're easier to, you know, you know how many points are in them. And, um, but other than that, I did feel like we were pretty healthy. Like my kids' first foods were, um, green beans out of a can with no salt. I would, I remember being at red lights and I would pop the can and drain the water and hand them the can in the back seat. <laughs> Like It was better than, you know, chicken nuggets from Wendy's. You know what I mean? Like, I, I still felt like we were, we were healthier than most people. Um, and so, uh, so we don't come from a background of like lots and lots of junk food or anything like that but, um, but I think the carnivore diet has really changed me. Um, and mentally, you know, is the biggest change. Obviously my body has changed too. The inflammation is a huge issue. You can look at my page. I have a before and after inflammation picture pinned at the top of my page. And I've actually had people in Facebook groups tell me like shame me and tell me that that's not even me in that other picture, because it makes such a difference when you go look at those pictures. Um, Note that my after picture, I actually weighed more than in the before picture, but my face is all like scrunched up and big, um, inflammation is serious and it makes a really big difference. So, um, so I think people should kind of keep that in mind and, um, and try it, you know, like it changed me, it changed my life, food freedom.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing the freedom that simplicity brings. It's, it really isn't restrictive. You know, once, once you get into it, I know before, you know, trying it out, it can seem like, Oh really? No more cupcakes, but it, but it's so freeing. It really is. And Serena, you have got that carnivore glow. Look at you. You told me you were 49 and I was like, Okay. I mean, I can, I can believe it. Cause you said you had older children, but you look great.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's that carnivore Zen and that glow it's the beef. I mean, I can't take credit for it. It's definitely the beef. And then I use beef tallow lotion on my face. And I think that makes a difference. Um, yeah, my kids are, um, they're about to be, they're all about to have birthdays They're about to be, uh, 22, 20, 16 and 14. Yeah. I'm 49.
0: Okay. Fabulous. Awesome. 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 How about adaptation? Did you have any issues, um, switching to a higher fat, higher protein diet after all those cupcakes?
1: (laughs) You know, I really thought that I might get like the keto flu or have lots of symptoms. Um, but I didn't, I did have that, um, a couple of years ago when I had done, you know, a lower carb thing, but this time I didn't have that. I did have running stools for a while at the beginning, I would say a couple of months off and on. And I think there's just, you know, an adjustment period. I never even looked at it. Like I see a lot of people in the groups and things posting, this is so horrible. I can't keep doing this. And, you know, I just made it work out with my day. I mean, granted, I have a little bit more freedom than somebody who goes to work. Um, but I just kind of knew, you know, knew that was a side effect of it, but I really believed in it after watching Kelly Hogan and Laura Spath and Michaela Peterson, after watching all of those videos and hearing from them, I felt like I can do this and I want, I want to glow like them. Like I want to do this. They seem so confident and so healthy. And so I think that's what made me kind of stay the course. Even in the first eight months when I was just gaining weight, I gained 18 pounds in the first eight months. And even it was was from under eating and from fasting too much is how I gained weight. And, um, so, so that was hard because I would have people saying, that's not true. You must be eating more than you think. And I was like, no, I'm really not. But, um, but I gained 18 pounds, but what made me stay the course was keeping my eye on the prize. You know, I think that's huge, keeping your eye on the prize and knowing how you want to feel. And I think surrounding yourself with other carnivore people, even if they're not actually in your life, if they're, you know, on my phone or in a Facebook group or on Instagram, I, I reached out to people. I talked to people. I tried to make those connections and join those groups that would keep me accountable and keep me, you know, being surrounded by people that are doing the same thing as me. And that was huge. I think through the adaptation, even though it even, it wasn't really that bad, but keeping, um, keeping my eye on the prize and staying in contact with other carnivores is what helped me through it for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you gained 18 pounds in those first eight months and you've since lost weight. Um, what, what clicked to where you weren't like, well, I, everyone's right. I'm eating too much. I should just be eating less and less and less. Right.
1: Well, what happened was I just, it kind of, it kind of clicked
0: for me. And this actually happened
1: to me with Weight Watchers. And it happened to me one other time with Weight Watchers and on keto several years ago, I'm a chronic under eater. I don't know what being full and what being hungry actually feel like, Um, I'm getting better now. But in the beginning, that was really hard for me. So, and I thought I was going to fast a bunch because fasting is what people do, you know, especially I felt like on carnivores or low carb people fast a lot. So I was fasting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I was eating Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, some days I ate a little bit more, but on average, it was probably about 1200 calories a day. So at the end of the week, I was eating between five and 6,000 calories in the entire week. And I didn't realize that. So one day I just kept thinking to myself, What is going on? And so I counted up. I and everybody says don't track, eat when hungry until full. And that doesn't work for everybody because some people don't know. I didn't know. And so I tracked my food for like a week and I was shocked at how much I was eating because I was eating so little. And so I realized at some point, if you're not losing weight on the carnivore diet, I would say 60 or 90 days in, you have to say. So first of all, you could still be healing. But then I looked at myself and I said, okay. So at 1,200 calories a day, I am either in starvation mode or I am in maintenance mode. And there's no way that I'm in maintenance mode at 1,200 calories a day. I just had this discussion with a client yesterday. Um, there's no way that I'm in maintenance at 1,200 calories. That's, those are toddler's calories. That is not enough food. And so that's what I use mentally to make myself eat more. And it turns out I need about 1,800 or 1,900 calories to lose weight. So I was starving my body for 18 months. I mean, for, um, for those 18 pounds for that like nine months. I was starving my body and my body was just in crisis mode. So on the days that I did eat more, my body would just hoard it. My body was just hoarding it. My hormones, you know, got a little bit messed up. My progesterone tanked from it. I mean, I was just, I was not nourishing my body the way that I should have been. Um, And that's a lesson for me. And now I get to tell other people not to do that. So if you're 60 or 90 days in and you're not losing weight, track your food, just for a week or so and see about how much you're eating, you should be eating a reasonable amount of food. And because of thermogenesis, because it takes your body longer, I mean, more energy to process the foods that we're eating. You actually get more calories than you would if you were doing a standard American diet. So that's important to keep in mind. It is really, really easy for women mostly, but men too, to under eat on the carnivore diet, because we are satisfied and we are nourished and we are full most of the time. So it is kind of a, you know, it is kind of a hard thing for some people to understand that you have to eat so much more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that's someone listening to this really needed to hear that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah, Because that's for people and you have to, some people have to track from the beginning because they can't, they really don't know when they're hungry and when they're full. And I wish somebody had told me to track my food for a little while to see. Nobody told me that nobody said they would say, just eat more or just eat less or, eat more often or, or eat when you're hungry. And I, I didn't know when I was hungry mm-hmm. and I don't know what the right amount of food looks like, because I haven't like, I almost have never eaten the right amount of food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I have always under been under eating and on a diet. So I didn't really know what being hungry and full felt like. And that happens to a lot of people.
0: Yes. Um, okay. So how about family and friends? You've been doing this for almost a year and a half. You most certainly have been to family gatherings, homeschool functions. Yeah. What's that been like?
1: Um, Well, I don't talk about it much with um, family, except my family here at home. Um, So we go to family gatherings and I bring something that I know I can eat. They knew like last year that I was eating like this because of my smell and taste issues. So I had an excuse. And um, so now we just haven't talked about it. I just continue to eat the way that I'm eating but I think that my results, um, and my confidence and my, um, weight loss will begin to speak for itself. Somebody is bound to ask me at some point, Oh, what are you doing? Um, and I'm just going to tell them, but, um, I would talk about it if they asked, I just don't want to get into a debate, but I bring like Kelly Hogan's meat and cheese casserole. Everybody loves that. It's just basically a bunch of different meats and cheeses with cream cheese mixed up and baked in the oven. Everybody loves that. I eat that. And sometimes I'll bring, um, like a sugar-free cheesecake, a carnivore cheesecake with me. You know, it's basically just cream cheese and eggs and some heavy cream. So I'll bring that sometimes. And if they get a piece and they don't like it because it's not sweet, that's okay. You know, they don't really have to eat it. I'll bring whipped cream to go on it. And um, so I don't really talk about it there. And as far as the homeschool group goes, most of the people know what I eat at this point. Um, They knew in the beginning that it was because of my smell and taste issue. And they know that I still have a problem with that. But they also know, like, I wear my carnivore revolution shirt all the time. And so some of them know they have found me, you know, on Instagram, some of the, especially the kids have found me on Instagram and that's fine. Um, But, uh, but I don't, I don't like, like tell people stop eating that you should be a carnivore too. I tell them this is what works Mm -hmm. for me. And, um, it's a good group of people. It's a homeschool group. We've known most of these people for years. And, um, so in the beginning they were a little bit worried about my health and I would just tell them what I know, you know, what I, from Dr. Chafee and I would send, you know, I would email people his cholesterol, you know, information and stuff like that. And among other things, I send people stuff, you know, when they question me about it, I say, Oh, I'll send you some information about that. Or, you know, maybe you should try low carb because, you know, like people have joint trouble and stuff like that. So I try to be open and honest about it at this point because I feel like people need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody if they had to go to the doctor because of this or that, I don't necessarily immediately recommend carnivore because that seems so extreme. I say everybody doesn't have to do what I'm doing. You know, if you if you just did clean keto with you know some fruits and low carb vegetables, I think you know you'd probably be a lot feel a lot better than you do. You know, it's worth a shot. You know, I just try to kind of nudge them gently towards a low carb. And then what I hope is that they see such a difference with a clean keto, but it's really important that it be clean keto and not processed food keto. There's a there. So I try to specify that. Um, And then what I hope is that they see how well keto does for them and decide to try carnivore for a little while Mm -hmm. is, is my, um, but I'm pretty open and honest about it at this point. Um, And nobody, I mean, people, you know, some people seem genuinely concerned um, but I think I have the right answers to a lot of those questions. So I just try not to worry about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In the beginning, when I started, I did not want to tell anybody about it because I was afraid of it not working out or things getting worse and then being like, well, what did you expect? You're just eating meat. Right. Um, but now that everything has really turned out so much better than I could have ever imagined, I I do want to share, you know, because I see Family members, friends, that they have these issues, and I know, I, I know what the what more than likely the root behind it all is, and so I want to try to share information whenever I can.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: Um. Okay. So, what about um, preparing meals for the whole family? So, you're carnivore. Is anyone else in your family carnivore?
1: Uh, my husband is mostly carnivore at okay. this point. Um, and so, um, our two older kids aren't home very often for like family meals at this point, they're, um, almost 22 and 20. And so they're not here very much. So the younger two, um, are with us. They, um, they are not carnivore. They are not they're not even really keto at this point. Um, but we're working on it. We seem mm-hmm. to off a little bit from like steaks and hamburgers because that's all we eat. And it's always in the fridge because we'll grill, like 24 hamburgers all at once and put them in the fridge. And then I'll do eight or 10 steaks all at once and put them in the fridge. And then I'll do ribs the next day and put it in the fridge. And so then we have those, you know, for the week to eat. Um, and so they're, they're kind of funny about it lately. I think just cause they've seen so much meat, but I have found that they will eat lots of taco meat, And so I keep taco seasoned meat in the fridge all the time. And they'll eat that with cheese and sour cream, or maybe some salsa on it. And they're perfectly happy eating that even twice a day. Um, so for now that's my plan. And I'm just going to keep making them taco meat because it mm-hmm. makes them. Eat- um, and I feel like if they, uh, if they want to keep eating fruits and vegetables, that's fine because that's better than the, I would rather they eat plants than things made in a plant. And so if you have to look at those two, like, is it better to eat things out of a package or eat thing, or eat a salad? I, I would prefer to eat the salad, of course. Um, and so I'm working on it with them, you know, just trying to get them to make healthier choices. I've been making homemade ice cream for them. They don't really like it with the heavy cream, but I'll make it with milk and a little bit of cream for them uh, rather than buying ice cream at the store. And so mm-hmm. we've always been what I thought was a healthy, you know, standard American diet, I guess um, you would say. Um, so always been healthier than or I felt like we were buying healthier foods than a lot of other people. I've never really kept soda in the house, you know, except for special occasions and, and things like that. So we for a long time, I didn't even keep bread in the house. And so we've always been a little bit healthier than average, um, but I'd like them to be above average. And so we're kind of working on it. Um, and I think they're, I think they're leaning. Yeah. You know, I think they're doing pretty well.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so,
1: um, so for meals, I make the meat, and then I'll make a side for them. Um, Or they just kind of fend for themselves. And I say, hey, there's hamburgers and steaks in the refrigerator. There's some ribs or you can make yourself something. A lot of times they'll just make themselves a smoothie or something like that. But um, I make the meat and a side for them. And um, a lot of times they just go with something else and that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lately uh, I've been just making a bunch of meat for dinner and everyone will eat that. And then my kids, they really like to have a dessert after dinner. So I'll make a homemade dessert cookies or something. And so that's kind of their carb that they have. And so they'll eat all their meat and they'll, they'll have their dessert. Um, But I, I, I'm really careful. I don't want them I don't want them growing up and being like, oh, mom, only let us eat meat. And now I'm leaving the house and I'm going to be vegan and, you know, <laughs> I'm never eating meat again.
1: <laughs> there's got to I feel like there's got to be a happy medium of ke- keeping them healthy, but also not making them want to rebel later or go in the other direction because we were so strict. I feel like there's got to be a balance in there somewhere until they can make until they decide to make the decision on their own is kind of what I'm hoping will happen.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay. Let's see. What and when do you typically eat um, during a day?
1: Um, I typically eat, um, I kind of go back and forth, but right now I am eating maybe at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. I donate plasma a couple of times a week and you have to eat before you go do that. And I like to go in the morning because it gets really busy in the afternoon So lately I'm eating at like nine and then going to donate plasma and then I'll come back and I'll eat it, um, maybe 12 or one, sometimes two o'clock. And then that usually is it for the day. We tend to get busier in the evening with volleyball practice or volleyball games. And I don't like to eat late at night. And by the time we leave for volleyball at three 30 or four, I'm not hungry yet because I just ate. Um, and I have carnivore bars and carnivore crisps and things I could bring, but I'd rather if I'm not going to eat a whole meal, I'd rather just not eat anything. So I'll eat Mm -hmm. two early in the day and then not eat. Um, but before we started with volleyball practices being in the evening, our practices were in the morning. So I wouldn't eat in the morning and then I would eat, you know, when we got home at like two o'clock or I guess like, yeah, maybe noon, we were getting home at about noon. I would eat and then I would eat at like three or four and then not eat again for the evening. I find it really easy to skip the meal that's next because I'm usually not very hungry by then. And then I get, you know, that full 12 hour, you know, fast in overnight. I try not to like fast specifically all the time just because i tend to go overboard well if 24 hours is good then 48 hours is probably better and if 48 hours is good then 72 hours must be better and so i tend to um go overboard because of my all or nothing personality and so i try not to fast a lot but if i'm hungry for a third meal i will certainly eat it
0: yeah yeah i think definitely that's one of those big keys to carnivore to listen to your body don't try to strong arm anything on yourself
1: yeah i agree
0: All right. Well, can you tell me, can you tell everyone about um the carnivore revolution on YouTube?
1: Sure. Um, so Jess and I met on Instagram. She had me on her Beyond the Meat series back in April, I guess. I was like number three or four. Um, and we had so much fun on the video that when we when we were done, she sent me a message and said, that was so much fun. Let's do something else together. So like the next day or the day after we got together on an Instagram video chat and talked for two and a half hours about everything under the sun. And we're very comfortable with each other right off the bat. And so we decided to go with a cooking channel, um, which is really funny because I am not a gourmet chef by any means. Um, I've been cooking for lots of years because of the kids, you know, cause I have a family. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I've been, and I've always loved cooking and sharing things with people. And so, um, so it's fine. It, it go, fits right in with my personality. Um, and Jess is not a cooker. Like she grills steak and she makes her hamburgers and she makes eggs and, you know, bacon, but she does not have a lot of cooking like utensils and things like that and doesn't have a lot of experience. So like together we just make this blend. She's uh, 31, I'm 49. So, you know, our age is far apart. She never had an eating disorder or disordered eating. And I did. And so we have like this really good combination. Like one of us will be able to relate with, you know, each of our guests with guests sometimes. And so I think that, um, that combined the two of us make a really good a um, amount of experience with all these different things. And so we have a lot of fun. We mess up a lot of recipes or we don't measure. We just kind of eyeball it and then the recipes come out good anyway. And um, so we have a lot of fun. We make a mess sometimes, um, but typically we just have a lot of fun. We try to always post the recipe in the show notes um, and we laugh a lot and, um, and we just have a lot of fun doing it. It's been a really neat experience to do that with her.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun and like, it, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Everyone go check out Carnivore Revolution on YouTube. Um, Serena, this has been an absolutely amazing interview. I feel like everyone listening is going to think it's a little short, but let me tell you people, it's not. Yeah. We talked for like 30 minutes before Serena was like, are you recording? And I was like, oh my God, No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to tell everybody.
1: (laughs) I was (laughs) fine.
0: (laughs) But this was, this was so much fun. You are, you're an amazing woman. It's it's great talking to you. Great meeting you. I have one more question. Um, What advice would you give for someone thinking about trying carnivore or just starting out?
1: Um, I think the main thing is community. Um, I don't even think, you know, it's probably not good for me to say this because I'm a coach. I don't even think you need a coach immediately. I think you need to plug yourself in, send messages to people, respond to people's stories that are carnivore, respond to their posts and kind of get plugged in with that community. And then there are a couple of really good Facebook groups to join. The carnivore revolution is one of them. Um, And then make sure you join zeroing in on health. It tends to be um, kind of a strict carnivore group. Also, I would stay away from. I don't know that you need to stay away from, but carnivore diet for beginners, while it sounds like it's a good group and it is, sometimes there are lots and lots of posts about things like avocados and other fruits and adding honey in. And that's just confusing for people that are trying to do a zero carb. So zeroing in on health is zero carb um, for the most part, besides eggs and cheese. Um, And our group is going to be a strict space like that. Our group is still growing um and so i think plug yourself into a community and reach out to people you don't necessarily need a coach but you need to be open minded about the fact that you might but i say eat until you're full if you can figure out what that is don't worry about how much you're eating don't worry about cutting out dairy right at the beginning like so many people get kind of consumed with cutting out dairy fill your body nourish yourself with protein and healthy good fats and it's not the healthy fats that you've been taught are healthy we're talking about butter and beef fat and ghee we're talking about those kinds of fats because those are actually the healthy fats. And so I think you have to wipe your memory of ever learning anything about nutrition in your entire life and start over and really listen to podcasts and really listen or watch you know, YouTube channels. Find Dr. Chafee and Kelly Hogan and Laura Spath and Michaela Peterson and Dr. Baker and Dr. Barry. Find those people and then follow me and follow Jess and follow the Carver Revolution and follow this. Like follow people who you can understand and who you can listen to and who will help you learn what this is supposed to feel like and how it works. And don't give up. Don't give up just because you're tired or because you get bored with your food. If you can stick with it for 60 or 90 days, you're going to, your life will be changed and it'll be totally worth it for you.
0: Serena, that is a fantastic piece of advice. I think that tells everyone anything they need to know, and they don't—they don't need to second guess it and just—just just yeah. go for it. That's—that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you again so much for meeting with me, and I can't wait to talk to you again. This was a lot of fun.
1: It was a lot of fun. You'll have to come on and cook with Jeff and I.
0: Oh my goodness, that would be so much fun. <laughs> okay. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty. Stay strong and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram, at meat M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you, and the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.